This episode is sponsored by All Ages of Geek. Unites the geek of all ages with anime, gaming, Dungeons and Dragons, and all of geekdom. So visit allagesofgeek.com. Hi there! I'm Goku. I'm training right now while listening to Cool Concept Podcast. It's awesome! <laughs> Available on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Lost track of time. I have to get back to training. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the episode! This is the Cool Concept Podcast with your boy Mika Mouse, a.k.a. Dole Manga. And today we have a special guest, writer and artist, Tony, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, brother. You know, I really appreciate you kind of having me on um, and being able to, you know, talk with you and stuff like that. I, I've seen you posted some of my work before, so it's always good to, you know, get to know the people. That's nice, my work. yeah. You have great work, my friend. You have great work. It, it, it just, everybody that, like, um, looks at your work, thinks thinks of it as an anime. I would say. Yeah, that's the uh, that's kind of the proposed goal. You know what I mean? Like I really, the style in which I wanted to take was going to be one that, um, you know, ultimately made all my work look as though it was animated. And uh, you know, I dabbled with painting and stuff like that, but the anime style is just it's really what I love. You know, um, mm-hmm. I did grow up on. A lot of different forms of comics and um you know when i kind of found anime and manga that was kind of it for me you know i just fell in love with it nice 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 that's cool man um so like tell 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 me more about yourself like who is mike tony um uh as the artist um you know uh i would say it's still kind of new you know, um, I didn't start taking art seriously until about 2014, uh, 2015. And that was when I decided, you know, I would draw every day. And, um, you know, it actually, it just came from me stopping this business that I started when I was in college. And, um, you know, when I kind of gave that up and I just kind of not gave it up, but, you know, kind of liquidated our company and stuff like that, because, you know, me and my business partner uh, were kind of going in different directions. Mm. And, um, you know, like I just needed something to kind of occupy me, you know, art wise. And, um, you know, I've always been a person that has done stuff. Um, even from the time when I was in high school and everything else like that, like I always was a person who needed to create things, always need to start stuff, kind of have like a business going. And, um, you know, when I stopped that, I kind of got antsy and I needed something creatively to do. I was sketching a lot more uh, and I started watching YouTube channels. And one of them uh, was this dude wow. named Sykra. And he was mm-hmm. like, yo, if you draw every day, you can actually get really good, you know, uh, and it, w- it won't take you very long. So, um, True. I was just like, you know what, let me just do this every day and see what happens from it. And, you know, um, the Instagram growing the book and everything else was ultimately a byproduct of that. Huh? That's, that's dope. So what yeah. is, what is your studio? What's your studio name? Uh, I actually, well, 
me myself, you know, I'm kind of my own studio, right? For the yeah, you're all your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't necessarily have a lot of people that are kind of working with me and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. I am going to be making another book, and when I do make that 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 next book, um, you know, I uh-huh. uh, I want to work with a bunch of other black artists and stuff like that, and kind of continue mm-hmm. on the next volume of, you know, uh, uh, the Black Enemy series. Um, but realistically, the studio is myself, you know, so I'm drawing every day. Uh, I'm writing when I can for particular stories that I want to tell. And, um, you know, it's just a constant balance between, you know, my job, uh, uh, family and then doing illustration stuff, you know, so it's consistently trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, build myself to, to, to make it in the sphere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know and, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, so I mean, as of right now, it is a studio of one, um, you know, until <laughs> until those things change. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I, I hope all the best with in, in your um your your studio, man. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, when did you start being a writer and an artist? Like, where where did it start? Um. You know, I did say that I, like I started drawing seriously a couple of years ago, but I mean, as a kid, I always dabbled with drawing. You know, I was kind of known as an artsy kid, but I think that that label ends up getting tossed around to a lot of people who just kind of doodle, and they don't realize yeah. like the more you're doodling, the more you're kind of drawing, the better you get at it. Like it's almost, in my personal opinion, I feel like it's almost a skill that anybody can really kind of pick up. Um, and uh, so I guess I've kind of been an artist from the time I was a kid. I will ultimately say that I'm a creator. Like I've always created stuff while I was making clothes or uh, creating toys or, you know, anything else like that. I was kind of always putting particular things together. You know what I mean? And that's just that's kind of always been my vibe. Um, and when I found kind of the anime genre and I started drawing more in that anime genre, um, it kind of cultured everything that I would do, you know? And so, um, and so I could say I started off as an artist from the time I saw like, you know, uh, like Ronin Warriors or Escaflone or Dragon Ball for like the first time. And I was like, okay, I really like this drawing business. Um, but in, in terms of writing, like I didn't necessarily become a writer until like many years later, you know what I mean? Like I like drawing things and I would have character concepts but I hadn't actually put, you know, pen to paper. I didn't actually try to develop like world building Bibles and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it ended up, that ended up coming years later. And uh, it ended up being a product of like constantly wanting to draw these characters that were coming up in my head. And I was saying to myself, maybe I should kind of spin this off into something more, you know? Maybe I should kind of start uh, uh, um, elaborating on it. And then I found with my Instagram that a lot of people were kind of following me for the art, but there was a good portion of people who are just like, yeah, the art's cool, but I love the stories that you're doing. I love the fact that all the characters that you create are all black characters, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so they, that- they, they all feel like, you know, the, the, the stuff that you create, they all feel like stories. Like they don't feel like just artwork. You know, when like an artist is like, you know, just do artwork. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of your stuff just feels like stories, and yeah, people it, see that. It you know what's funny is like when I'm drawing these characters, right? I yeah. try to be very deliberate about the things I do for them. 
So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is um, the story the the story starts to come out within the character, right? Within the scenes that I I'm trying to develop. So you mm-hmm. know, like why do people look at the work and these characters and they go, man, it looks like there's a story that's already being told here. It's because like everything that I've added to them is has come from some in-depth writing in my head you know what i mean or sometimes what i've put down so there's so much that you can interpret via imagery that gives you an understanding like oh this is a much larger story and i want to know more Uh. and it ended up being this loop of just kind of being like well um you know uh uh you're creating these characters based off of this in-depth analysis in your head you might as well put that stuff down and start, you know, putting it together. Um, and then in 2015 or 16, I started a little comic uh, that I was just running for practice. And that's when I kind of got into the mode of like, oh, this is where the world building in my head can take me. Um, and this wow. is what I'm actually portraying in, you know, my character designs. Wow. Okay. That's pretty um, cool. So a <laughs> long story short, I didn't start becoming a writer until like 2017. I, I wrote the book in 2018, you know, uh, officially. Mm, okay. Yeah, I've seen your book, like, all over Twitter. I think uh, one of the people that posted it was, uh, was it Chocolate City Comics? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, Chocolate City Comics. So, I'm actually, you know, uh, I'm cool with them. I'm cool with uh, Newbie Mancy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know... The, they kind of picked up on what I was doing in terms of just like consistently drawing um, people of color mm-hmm. and just and black people specifically yeah, and yeah. then using a lot of like lore, you know, uh, from Africa, but then also the African diaspora. So that means like any place that, you know, black people themselves have kind of either landed or been brought to um, the, the, the story and lore um, of our people all over the world. And I kind of translate that either sometimes into modern Mm-hmm. you know uh, uh uh sensibilities or there are times where you know i keep it in its um kind of bygone era and i rewrite it in terms of fantasy and um i think it was newbie mancy that actually picked up on me first they were one of the first pages that big pages that gave me a shot uh where they saw my work and then they were like posting it regularly and wow. i was just like you know i started to to gain a relationship with them and then um then uh uh, Chocolate City Comics came kind of like you know almost right after that mm-hmm. uh, and I started developing you know a relationship with them and um, you know they they hugely supported the book uh, when I first dropped it and so for the viewers and stuff like that that because we haven't really named the book mm-hmm. um, the book is actually uh, Black Anime Lost Children of the Diaspora and uh, it ultimately is an art book mm-hmm. but I'm actually showing it because I'm also streaming on Twitch for anybody that's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the art book is uh, Black Anime Lost Children of Diaspora. And it's kind of, it's a little bit more than an art book because it's more than just me drawing characters and it's in it. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, most people who follow me, they follow me for the stories that I pen to my art. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wanted that to really show through in the book. Mm. And so all the characters in there have an analysis or, or synopsis of a little bit of my thought process when I had created them. Oh, wow. Um, and then there, the book is actually broken up in multiple sections because there were a lot of different things that I wanted to kind of do with this initial book uh-huh. that spoke to the two years that really led up to me, you know, at that point having like 30 or 40,000 followers and 
you know, building the, you know, I think, I think then too, I did the, uh, I did some promo stuff for Black Panther. Uh, like one of the studios, one of the marketing like studios reached out to me to do something for social. And then that ended up being in um, Vogue's ID magazine. Oh, and so I, that's amazing. I wanted, oh, thank you. Um, uh, I wanted to do a couple of different things. So one section has characters. Another section talks about future stories. Uh, and another section is ultimately about like my growth as an artist because mm-hmm. I want to inspire other people to pick up the pen and start drawing and artists who already are will feel discouraged to draw even more and keep drawing because um, they could easily get to you know where I am and um, so there's a section of the book that literally shows my growth from you know year to year um, mm-hmm. month to month and week to week so you can see the difference between drawing every day will do for you you know mm-hmm. even within a week span of time so, so how long does it take you to do one artwork just just to ask uh i mean that varies you know like for example i'm doing a uh a a scene right now with two characters running down a hallway and they're fighting and um you know from the conceptualization to the end you know it can take anywhere between like 10 15 hours or something like that right Uh, and part of that is because the background itself is like painted and not so much illustrated and i've tried to play around with that so that way so my stories still feel very anime right because you have these beautiful painted backgrounds and then you have these cel-shaded um artwork that sits on top of that and um so i try to make sure that i do like these painted backgrounds and uh and then i'll do the cel-shading on top of that between the lighting and stuff but it can very much so vary you know i could actually do it in four hours um you know, it really depends on like the subject and stuff like that. When I'm doing a regular character, no background, it, I can mm-hmm. do, depending on the prompt, I can do it within 45 minutes or it could take me five hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dope. Um, mm. But, you know, it. it's about where I feel like I think I've done enough work, you know? Okay. So, yeah. so you've done... Um... You've done work with um, Cartoon Network, Marvel Studios as well? So I've done, um, there were a couple directors, uh, 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 the Mad Twins, they they did stuff for, um, they did stuff for the Boondocks uh, and like Black Dynamite and stuff like that. So they reached out to me a while back um, mm-hmm. to do some character designs for a new show that they were trying to do. And I can't necessarily speak about that. It was supposed to, it's like in their pitch deck. Um, and then the Black Panther thing, that's kind of up on the internet. I think it's a, if, if you search like ID magazine, like, um, uh, I think it's like Afrofuturism thread. I actually met mm-hmm. a lot of cool other artists who do different forms of art from that uh which is really dope and then recently i've done um, some more pitch work for sony uh so a different sony project um and they really love that experience to the point where they sent a whole other group um to have a chat with me to do artwork for another property of their thing so i'm just trying to see if that is going to play out as well but um yeah none of this stuff has been um besides the 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 marvel stuff none of the stuff has been approved from my knowledge Mm -hmm. um so you know when those approvals go through hopefully i'll get brought on to you know work on on the larger product project um or potentially get my credit when 
you know, those things actually come through, but um, nothing is fully live yet, you know? So that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the project that I work on that um, ends up hitting and, uh, and goes live. But, you know, I've heard that takes a while, so. That's dope, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, thank you. It's, uh, sometimes it's surreal. Cause like, I don't, obviously you don't talk about it every day or you don't, you know, it's not something that you kind of, that rattles in your brain. So especially as artists, like we're so self-conscious. Um, yeah. And yeah. so when someone else is talking about the things that I've done, it's kind of, it blows me away sometimes to myself. Cause I didn't, I didn't believe I could do certain things, you know? I, I feel the same when it comes to like certain things that I I do like it just it blows me away too so kudos to you and what you do right now man it's amazing thank you thank you I uh I think um I, you know a large part of that goes to like my audience and, and followers and people that support me you know because I, I get a lot of um I get a lot of good energy, you know, from them to like keep fighting forward and continue and stuff like that because, um, you know, like if there was no audience for it, right? Then yeah. I don't know if I would still particularly be drawing. You know what I mean? Like I made the transition to only draw people of color, I think in 2016. So like from that point where I was saying like, I'm just gonna draw black and brown people, mm-hmm. you know, it, I could have flopped because, you know, a lot of black people, everybody you know when they're watching anime they don't necessarily see us like that and they definitely don't see us in main roles and as main characters and stuff so it could have just as easily as been a flop you know what i mean but exactly. to see that exactly but to see that i have supportive people who uh who really like seeing what i'm doing uh-huh. and they urge me to make stories and they urge me to keep going on you know that's huge that's huge for me yeah, um and so you know it, it, you know as artists we, we fight ourselves you know what i'm saying our confidence and everything else so um it's 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 great to know that there are people that really that really want to read my stories that really want to see my artwork yeah just keep going man keep going because like there's not a lot of uh uh people who do artwork like just like you so keep going with the artwork and um i feel like you will reach farther with uh with what you're doing right now yeah i'm trying to trying to stay up and, and motivated and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know mm-hmm. and um and i think so i think it's i mean this year is my time where i create my story this year mm-hmm. has to be the time where i start putting out the content um that i feel like i've been meaning to put out and so it's just kind of jumping and doing it you know what i mean um exactly. yeah and, yeah and, and, and you know I, t- I give people that advice all the time and so it's now for me it's now time for me to start taking that advice um, and start putting mm. pen to paper to really start to start working. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so I, I, I looked. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna what say I, 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 I. It's weird talking about myself. I just wanted to ask you a question. <laughs> go ahead. Go Is that ahead, cool? Yeah. Uh, what's on the creation of uh, Dope Manga? What's on the creation of Dope Manga? Because like. I feel like there's a lack of support in the um, black characters in anime, and I yeah. wanted to to do to do something that supports that. So I made a page. It started off with you know supporting like other artists, 
as well like not just black anime but it, it wasn't getting that popular so i i thought of something the other day what if i just like you know you know like uh like repost uh and you know and also do the podcast with uh, a lot of these creators so i started to do that and it just got more recognized and more recognized more recognized because the 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 black anime slash manga fan base was was really small and then and then it started getting like a lot huger and huger and huger last year because the lack of black anime characters that's an anime so um i still think there's a need for black anime characters in the anime industry um like now like 10 years ago i would say that um you hardly see any um black anime characters right and then um now you see more black anime characters you look at the great pretender there's like four four black anime characters you look at uh my hero academia has one has one like wait wait no two 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 black anime characters so like the progression of anime character is getting like bigger in japan now so i wanted to to, to, to promote that to to help people believe that there are black anime characters in this space you know what i'm saying Mike? Yeah, no, for sure. And um, oh. I think that, <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, no, because my mic was, my mic is spinning, not my mic, excuse me, my uh, my fan is spinning hot, so I actually put myself on mute because I didn't know if you could actually hear it all through the mic. But, <laughs> it's all um, good, it's all good. Yeah, no, so, I mean, that's true. I think when you did see uh, black anime characters that were portrayed, uh, it was very rare that you saw them portrayed with some level of kind of respect and, and like dignity to a degree where mm-hmm. they didn't have like um, kind of minstrel uh, depictions of the characters. You know what I mean? And some had yeah, their yeah. merit, um, but for the most part, you know, it wasn't necessarily like that. And I'm not talking about things that are, that's like, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho or uh, like Sailor Moon or anything like that, because those speak yeah. directly to Japan and Japan is a very homogenous culture. But, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's like for other things that have to do with fantasy that don't ha- really have anything to do with, for example, uh, just Japan, but the world in general, you know, and mm-hmm. I found that they were using other cultures and either neglecting, uh, you know, black people around the world um, yes. and or they were using either names or, you know, certain cultural designs, but not necessarily using black people in general. And I think yes, with globalization and especially with Black Panther, to be honest, being such a global hit, essentially, that, Mm -hmm. you know, there was recognition that black people have value outside uh, of, you know, like ourselves, but in other countries. I mean, like in in most countries, darker skinned people are generally treated worse. Black people, for some reason, you know, all over the world. regardless of you know uh whether it's latin american countries or um you know it's in uh uh, certain european countries or whatever it's just like we're just treated you know worse for some reason and so you know uh with globalization with there being different aspects of blackness being shown and given a certain level of dignity that's been changing 
And so you're starting to see in different mediums and animation and Japanese mm -hmm. anime that you're starting to get better depictions of black people because they have more exposure to it, but also they are also changing their views about how they perceive black people, right? And they're yeah. starting to see that black people in things is not a detriment to it. I'm not even gonna say like, you know, uh, selling things, but to the point where like certain movie posters in China, like they would remove the black characters or they would make them smaller. You know, using the example of Star Wars as one of them, because yeah. that it kind of almost lessens a film or something like that. And now, because we're getting certain level of dignity and respect in a lot of film, um, you know, you start yeah. to see that it ends up not being a detriment that we can even be included, not even the main characters, and then be included with some form of dignity. So, um, and mm -hmm. and I'll use Black Panther again as one of those examples. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Asian Boss, and they they were interviewing people, you know, kind of about, I believe it was Asian boss. And a lot of Asian people were like, yo, when I saw Black Panther, that was when I saw someone like Danae Guerrero or um, um, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o and finding those women attractive. You know what I mean? Like they, I think one of the quotes was like, I didn't know that Black women could be like that attractive until I had seen that. So from their perspective, like, you know, you know what I mean? So they, there wasn't a lot of things that they were kind of being shown um you know that was like why would i want to include these people and so now that that is changing we're starting to see yeah. more of that and i think it'll take a while before we see it the way we want to see it but we have a lot of great creators like uh yeah. LaShawn thomas um, yeah LaShawn, yeah shout yeah, out to LaShawn know, thomas yeah. he's dope to him he's yeah. really dope and you know um aaron magruder is going to be coming out with boondocks again uh i was yeah. just speaking to my boy uh anthony piper who um has Ooh, a, a project called Trilly, and yeah. Um, yeah, he's amazing. And you know, these are people who are going to be dropping animated projects that are going to have mm -hmm. black people in the forefront. That are going to, you know, be stories um, that are going to be told by us, right? So there are going to be yeah. uh, interlying, underlying themes and inter intersecting like cultural things that we'll be able to connect to. And I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping that I can be a part of that renaissance uh, when the time comes. I just feel like we came a long way, you know, from debuting in Dragon Ball. Remember that? Dragon Ball, was it Dragon Ball Z, right? And uh, Dragon dude, Ball Z, the first up, I think was the Red Ribbon Army. Um, yes, dude, and they, they picked us with, yeah, and they, and, and Mr. Pobo. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I consider Mr. Pobo black too. I know people like, yo, he's an alien, blah, 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 and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is, yeah, he's a minstrel yeah. show layout and that's also his his character design is directly connected to like the 40 days 40 nights kind of theme so like the, oh. the the um the uh oh my god i'm having a brain fart but um uh god i can't think of i can't think of the term right now but it's it's um yeah the moors sorry the black bosoms and 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 um uh, northern east africa and stuff like that so um no sorry northern west africa so 
you know, like the Moorish people, like a Moorish design, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I always add him in there. I always call out the racism of Dragon Ball and Mr. Popo, uh, as much as we were all raised on it and stuff. Like, you know, it's a thing, man. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jinx from Pokemon is supposed to be some creature demon that they have, yeah. and they changed this color to be more purple. But that yeah, exactly. was a, a black character, with big ass red lips, looked just like a Ninja <laughs> character. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then like that, and then we we're getting we got better. We got better. Like Naruto, Naruto yeah. treated us well with uh, Killer B, and um, there was another character. Jesus, uh, uh, Naruto. Uh, I can't remember the character. Like, I think that's what he's the name. Black yeah. Lightning dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I yeah. give Naruto a pass because of how much I love it, but we have to remember mm-hmm. too that the first introduction of a black person in that series, you know, the nigga was a rapper, and and he was a and he yeah. was a titty rapper at that. And uh, it's not that it's not that Japanese people don't like us, like us per se. I think there's part of that is kind of there just the global racism against brown people in general but um mm-hmm. i think a lot of it too is like they kind of fetishize us in the same way that americans kind of do where if it comes to like you know rapping or dancing or maybe it's an athletic thing um then you know um then it's cool but when you try to make that character more three-dimensional uh and more fleshed out then the dynamic changes because they don't you know they don't necessarily like like you rarely see them pull from you know um like right now fire force the writer for fire force he made a comment about not seeing enough black people in manga and stuff like that he even thought it was weird and that's why he's included the characters that he has included like 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 ogun uh, his ogun character who literally just had a fire force move that called on yoruba or the yoruban lore right or yoruban Mm -hmm. lore sorry and mm-hmm. um and that's like that to me is amazing because like i that shit is in my book it is in posts that i've used since 2016 2017 you know i think wow. in 2017 i was like i'm not drawing black people with katanas anymore because there's so many awesome uh black like african in general but then mm-hmm the black diaspora forms of different weapons right from where we've been all across the world you know what i'm saying there's different saber weapons that were created um uh, uh um you know by like uh more soldiers and stuff like that there are different weapons and different things that we've done and created you know throughout the world and it's cool to see a black dude with dunks on and a and a, a, a samurai sword but like to me what's more what's much deeper and I feel like separates you is being able to pull from those things that people haven't seen before and make them interesting, you know, and make them cool. Um, you know, that's my perspective. So that's why you see a lot of my characters and they're like, yo, make the black samurai, or give them this sword or give them a samurai sword. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'd rather give them a saber weapon or a throwing African weapon or an Iqua or, you know, an Ada, like things that, that like people, like, oh, I haven't heard of that before, but these are prominent war weapons of, you know african people and they're just as cool i think because people just look at uh afro samurai as the first uh i think he's the first actually 
black anime character that actually starred in the show. And yeah. they use that as reference to every single black anime character that's out there. So I think it's partially that, but yeah. I also think it's uh, another part of it is how much they would like to, they would like for, for to be seen as a part of that. Like when I first started drawing characters and drawing anime, all my characters look, were looking like things that I'd seen already, right? Uh. And then when I had started drawing black characters, I was drawing them wearing Japanese school uniforms. I was drawing them, yeah, you know, with, uh, yeah. Uh, like yeah. Japanese yeah. cultural weapons, doing Japanese cultural things. Yeah, and it's just like that's like me drawing an Asian person and then putting them in like Celtic stuff and giving them Celtic <laughs> names or Gaelic yeah, yeah. names, I should say, um, and you know, uh, putting them in a Celtic folklore and you know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff. And you'd be like, well, why don't you just make the person an Irish person, right? Then you start getting into that <laughs> realm where you're like, you know, you, st you start to have to question, um, you know, what you're doing. And mm -hmm. that ended up changing my perspective, right? And, and saying, okay, well, now let me, let me, uh, let me try to actually look into other things. And, and I'm, I, I'm like, a, I don't want, I'm almost like a self-proclaimed historian. So I do a lot of research mm -hmm. on a lot of different cultures. And I know more about, um, I know more about Norse and Greek, Roman, like, Babylonian lore and history than I do know about the different countries, tribes in the continent of Africa, right? Uh, and yeah. that that started weighing on me. And I'm like, let me start looking into Africa. And I found it hard to find things because a lot of what we have done for for our cultures and people was passed down via griot, was passed down via story. So some uh -huh. of the first earliest forms that we were getting of you know, record recording outside of let's say like um, Egypt, Nubia, um, Egypt, Nubia. Um, there were a couple other like uh, uh, um, other uh, ones, like kind of writing influenced cultures or whatever, right? Um, uh, whether it was like a, um, man, I can't think of it. It's a term for like pictographic uh, 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 writing. Uh, dialects or whatever and right but like right. well when i started kind of looking into those things like you know it was hard to find it so i had to actually work hard to find it because i feel like a lot of people mm -hmm. looked around it but i just started feeling much more confident i felt much better i'm you know there was just like a different level of confidence and richness that came from me you know researching about the different tribes and countries in africa but also the black people that are in brazil or in South America, the black people that ended up being in the southern halves of, of, of India or Spain, um, you know, just like uh, uh, the black people that have traveled to all different parts of the world and have left their footprint. And that was just, it ended up being a real big confidence boost. It ended up being incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't, okay, let me see. I, I was trying to search for the writing, the writing dialogue for the African thing. Well, there's, there's there's um uh, uh writing like um dialects is the wrong word for it but um mm. it's more just like uh just ultimately cultures that did write things down right that were able to mm -hmm. uh um uh uh 
ascribe things or whatever right um Mm -hmm. um, down and so there were a lot of cultures and tribes that didn't necessarily do that um they had like a a um a noble class that was called the griot and um that person would basically keep the histories and stories of their people and so not until certain um you know like european explorers and stuff like that that have traveled to those places with some of that stuff written down and then brought back to these other countries for example what we know about uh the kingdom of benin uh was documented by i believe these french explorers that went there and they had observed the kingdom and they talked about all this incredible mm-hmm. stuff that they had seen like this big walled kingdom and that you know they actually had street lighting and you know people didn't like lock their doors and shit because of just how safe the area was they had patrol they had a lot of kind of modern-esque things that these europeans were so surprised at seeing um uh-huh. and uh yeah it's like so that was like an early account of that you know and then that obviously spun more um people going to travel and trade and everything else like that but um you know it it, it takes work to kind of go and try to find these history it takes even work even more work to find these histories that are written down and um documented by other black people here's an example um do you know the guy that does uh black sand yeah uh, manuel godoy yeah i have a good relationship with him too um yeah yeah. actually a really good relationship with him too he's offered me a, a ton of different kind of positions and things to work on at black sands and my only reluctancy yeah. is like the time that i have and some of the things he's asked me to do i i you know i'm not necessarily i don't believe i'm necessarily qualified for and because i do believe so deeply in his product like i do not want to be an individual who brings that down you know um mm. but yeah manuel godoy i i do know him and he's a cool dude um if you are an artist and you know you're looking for a publisher to work with he's a great publisher to work with because he uh he actually pays his artists he actually does really good deals um and definitely an individual worth uh kind of at least talking to and having that conversation with for sure oh shout outs to him because he's doing a great job you know he's doing a great job promoting uh like i don't know about which i should know but I'm I'm more Jamaican though, but I should know about African culture. But he knows a lot about African culture, and uh, he's doing a lot for also the the black culture as well. So shout outs to him as well. Uh, he also did. I wanted to to be an investor to his company, but I I think I think the when I try to invest, it ran out of time. I, I it. It ran out of time when it was um it was actual time to invest into his company so um yeah he did have a time limit he had like this time limit yeah. that was on it but there were a lot of people yeah. that wanted to invest in it and stuff like that and i think you know it's twofold man you're investing in his ideology um of <clears throat> of finding really good black content and black stories right and yeah it's so funny because his personality at least socially comes off to some degree as antagonistic right or that it's very like militant in a sense but when you have a conversation with this dude and you actually fucking talk to him he's Mm -hmm. he 
it's not necessarily his demeanor you know what i'm saying like he like he is a type of person where he's just like yo this is this is more of the facts and this is kind of the, the knowledgeable aspects about it but he is such an easygoing dude you know what i'm saying to kind of chat with and um the more you talk with him the more you kind of see that he uh you, you see more of his humane side and like really what he's trying to do and i don't want to say that most of that stuff on on the ig stuff is, is an act because it's not necessarily because he's not going to sell it to any company he's not gonna you know whatever um he's gonna mm. he, he's gonna build as much of his own as he possibly can and yeah he'll do a deal with netflix but he'll make sure that you know he has he gets, control his he gets, on that deal he'll yeah, make sure that control. Yeah, the hill of control stay on the deal. He'll make sure that creatively that, you know, the right things are being shown and everything else like that. Like, you know, his just mentality is not to necessarily back down. And I think it's hard because mm-hmm. for most of us to make it in the industry or to do certain things, sometimes we do have to back down or in, to some degree um, emasculate ourselves so that we're, we're not as threatening. And so he feels sometimes threatening because he doesn't pull that back. And to be honest, because mm-hmm. I work in the white realm, for my day-to-day life i find myself doing yeah. that all the time i find myself code switching regularly and so mm. um you know that's not something that he generally does so people who don't get a chance to know him um that's what they think that energy is but the dude is solid you know he has his knowledge and he really cares and you know you would think it would take a hit to come around and to help us to give back to the culture and to help us but you know he has shown that we can do that you know you can do that and you can do it in such a, a, a graceful way um yeah yeah he, yeah shout out to manuel and uh black sands and black sands publishing that's uh coming and i saw the i saw the app that he's gonna do too so yeah that's a good thing too so shout out to that as well yeah i mean another um, good company too and uh that I really, I really rock with because I, 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 I do, do I think I know what, know what you're going to say? You might. I, I think I know what you're going to say. Which one? No, Nora Caesar? Yes. I was going to say Nora Caesar. <laughs> I mean, if you look at my page, you know, I support them and, and those guys. I, like I 100% support those guys all the way. They're doing such a great job. Yeah. Um, with, um, pushing the narrative of like diversity in um anime yeah so um, definitely they're doing a great job with that um they have contracted with some of my more favorite artists you know mm-hmm. and um and the quality is there you know what i mean like when i first started like when i decided like yo i'm about to start drawing and really do this art stuff right damn i need a haircut man i'm just i'm talking to my, my twitch streamers <laughs> right now because they're watching and i just yeah, same. um but uh same, same. <laughs> um <laughs> when i started really getting into the art stuff right and we were, everybody was still kind of using facebook and there's facebook groups and everything um there were yeah. two artists that i saw and i was like i love both these dudes work right and i just started supporting almost everything that they were ultimately doing and i saw them doing an art yeah. battle and i was like i want to be a part of that conversation and so the two dudes was, uh one of them was mikhail dingle aka um Metallica Lux Nova uh, on IG. I think yeah. His name is Metallica. And the other is uh, Nicholas Draper Ivy. And mm. um, I started, I bought, I did the Kickstarter for the Metallica uh, Lux Nova original book. And I brought it to Anime NYC when I was tabling there. And I made sure 
to step away from my table so I can go down and say what's up to them. And I think I got my book signed by Mikhail. Um, and I was like, I want to be a part of that conversation. And I want to be a part of, you know, like I want to be at that level and go back and forth. So that was, they were a big uh -huh. motivators for me, like drawing my ass off to get there. And now I am a part of that conversation. You know, I've had conversations with uh, Caesar Noir Caesar um, to produce certain projects. When I made my book, they, you know, they contacted me and, and were trying to work out a deal so that way they could also, you know, sell it when they were on the go. And really, John mm -hmm. Johnny O'Brien is a great dude too, you know. Um, and uh, shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, he broke off and and created this this studio because of the same thing, yeah. the same reason why you created your brand, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, and then now you know, I am a part of that conversation, you know, to some degree with at least Mikhail and and have a back and forth relationship with him i can't say like yo we're best buddies but like you know i hit him up on ig yeah. we talk back and forth and stuff like that um and he actually came up to my table and was like yo i'm a fan of your stuff he bought a uh when he realized like who i was at that point then he um came uh -huh. up, he bought a, a poster and he asked me to sign in and stuff like that and you know we've kind of gone back and forth socially ever since so um you wow. know very motivating a, a very cool publishing uh, group you know i think they have really big things on the horizon as well and i hope some of these studios yeah they do you know pick up on them yeah they do i think they're dropping an and well anime on youtube called fourth rope is that fourth rope? yeah i think it's gonna be there that's what it's gonna be like a wrestling uh anime yeah yeah and then they're dropping their their app which is going to be dope for everybody to upload and, you know, to drop their podcast and to drop, uh, what else? Um, animation, you name it. Um, it's, it's what they're doing is such a great job for, uh, the, the black culture Yeah. as well. So, yeah, no, they, uh, yeah. they do, they're definitely going hard for the community. You know what I mean? For the culture. Yeah. And, um, you know what I the difference between uh them and, and Black Sands um in just mm -hmm. company in general is that in at Noir Caesar um you know they have some other content like creators and writers and stuff like that that are also from different cultures too right so like they mm. are I think their main their 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 mainstay because some of their more prominent artists are black and stuff like that, and I think that will always be yeah, in the yeah. forefront. But I also think that they're doing yeah. this thing where they are including, um, you know, like other cultures to be a part of it, and they are you know picking certain um, like uh, Shinto and stuff like that um, mm -hmm. that uh, have diversity within those stories or space pop within those stories as well, and. And I think what that's going to do is that's going to allow for an even wider, you know what I mean, audience um, for them. Also, you know? also, also, degenerates de as well. Degenerates as well. They're, They're basketball. basketball yeah. And uh, they got. Oh, a, they actually that. got a lot of properties. I mean, like the ones that I've named, the ones that I've actually um, that I like really indulge in is Exogenesis um, and and uh, Sorcerarity uh, and mm -hmm. um, Primus Seven. And uh, I mean, those are kind of books that I actually have and own. Um, and I actually have to renew my subscription, but when I have my subscription, those are the things that I was actually reading. So, um, 
you know, I, I think it's so they have they both have two different lanes, and it's like having mm-hmm. two. They have two different. They have the same mission and doing it in two different ways, and the winners are us in general. You know what I'm saying? Which is great because they're telling two mm, different yeah. sets of stories and they're bringing on different genres of things. And I think you can't lose by supporting them both. And I think all ships rise in the tide. So you know, I love both those companies. Exactly. Really good people. Really good mission. Mm. And uh, yeah, they just they have so much great that's kind of going on. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another company. They're they're they're. I feel like they were the starters of of all this. Saturday AM. Yeah, Saturday AM was one. So I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have the no, closest yeah. uh, relationship with Saturday AM. Um, just because like yeah. I didn't get a chance. Like I don't really know the creators like that. Only the only creator that I know is Odunze, which is White Manga. And I think he's now a partner mm. in that, but he was one of the earliest people on Saturday AM, Frederick. Um, yeah. And and I think one of the coolest things that Saturday AM actually did was they used to have those once a month raffles where you would um, you do like a competition or something like that, right? Where you would like you know you you draw like a prompt for like ten pages, and then they would pick a winner, and then that winner would basically get brought on to. Um, to be a part of Saturday AM. Now, um, uh, I did read a couple of Saturday AM titles, um, but like clearly, my favorite is, is is Apple Black. I mean, it has a it, it has has the closest style to one of my favorite like shonen styles, which is um, Tite Kube style, Kubo style, and uh, um, and. Uh, you know, like his visual storytelling has just been phenomenal from the rip. And uh, I haven't read his his story, Bakasi, but I also want to kind of read that as well. Um, you know, like I said, I don't necessarily have, uh, I don't know as many of the creators over there. I think I follow one of the other dudes, but I don't know if like he's just the artist or he's one of the creators. Um, and I think they host Saigami too, which is actually uh, um, has really good art. Yeah, like they do. Yeah. But um, yeah. uh, there's an there's Clock Striker as well. I've seen the artwork. Uh, from is that the, the dude Mikey Boy Art or something like that? Mikey something. Book. I think I think that's yeah. the artist. The 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 writer is uh Frederick Jones. Okay. Yeah. If I get that right, that's it. That's the CEO of the of Saturday. Okay. So see, that's what I was. Cause I didn't know the, I was like, I don't know who the writer is, but I think I followed the artist. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, what, from what I do know is Frederick and his company is a black owned company as well. And they did, you know, they, they had started it. I think one of the things that has happened between kind of, um, you know, a lot of these different companies kind of starting their own things that have kind of popped up. The only thing that I wish I kind of would see is I wish I would see more collaborative efforts between these larger companies. Um, Mm -hmm. Earlier in this conversation, I talked about the first business that I, a business that I worked on. And that business, when I, you know, me and my business partner decided to kind of like liquidate and and go off, our company evaluation was like $2.2 million. And so, you know, it was something that, it was something that we took very seriously, but we were still two college kids and we, used every bit of our resourcefulness and our entrepreneurial brains like to bring the company to where it was 
And one of the things that we, we, we would try to do is we had a lot of juxtaposition in our brand. We tried to do things that were different. But one of the major things that we did is when we had this pop-up shop, right? Everybody was like, all right, so you're going to fill it with your clothes and stuff. And we're like, yeah, but I think one of the things we should do is we should find some of the dopest up and coming Boston brands and have them in our store. And they'll pay a contract mm-hmm. to be in. And our store was on the biggest street in, in, in Boston. So it was on Newberry Street. It was if you were a tourist or you were traveling, you were going to downtown Boston. If you were going to go to fashion, it was like Fifth Ave here in New York. This is where you would go. And we had our store on the main level, on the street level. And it was lucrative to be there. So we knew that we can offer a deal to anybody that would want to work with us. And the number one thing we got back is people were being like, well, what about competition? What about competition? These guys sell shirts and these guys are going to sell shirts. Like what's how, like, what is that going to do? And what ended up happening is it, it was a healthy level of competition for one, but two, what ended up happening, it was all ships started to rise in the tide. And, you know, uh-huh. one of our main theories behind that, it was, you know, predator and prey drink at the same watering hole. Our brand, our brand was called Annie Mulls, like a person's name, Annie Mulls. And our whole brand was predicated on the animal and man. So a lot of the things that we really? talked about and we did uh, clothing wise related to um, the juxtaposition between man and animal. So when we say predator and prey drink at the same watering hole, uh, that was in reference yeah. to our brand overall, but it ended up being this thing where the ecosystem was stronger when there was healthy levels of competition, oh. when we were all feeding each other, because we did have other t-shirt brands in there, but we had brands that did sneakers. We had brands that did accessories. We had brands that did a lot of different things. Uh-huh. And then what ended up happening was that someone would come in and buy a shirt from another brand and they'd be like, yo, I like your stuff too. They would buy something from us. And likewise, somebody would come in for us and buy something from someone else. Someone would come in to buy an accessory and then they would then come in and then buy something from, from us. So we started to realize that we were cross-pollinating our audiences, which made for an even bigger um, um, reach, you know, as we were um, mm-hmm. made for an even bigger reach as we were um you know growing and so the impact was substantially larger because we were working together with our supposed competitors and i really really wish that you know between these three big companies that they would find some way to collaborate and work together because i feel like the impact itself would be so big it would be incredible i do agree I really do agree. Like they all share I feel like they all share the same type of fan base, but they do a lot of things differently. But in reality they're all they're both all three of them are just uncompetitive. I feel like they're all they're they're, fr- they're, they're they're friends, but they're also competitors as well. So And I think and I think the one of the things is lost, right? in that um yeah and that competition is in fact healthy and the people who win is the audience yes but simultaneously right mm-hmm. there are people who who rock with noir caesar who don't know about saturday am there are people who rock with yeah. uh, uh uh black sands who don't know about season noir caesar and vice and vice versa yeah. and because their audiences that they're touching are actually very different right 
because when you look at Saturday AM, um, if we want to talk about diversity, and what I mean by diversity is like the spectrum of difference in the stories and individual stories and stuff like that. I feel like Saturday AM has has allowed themselves to have projects where people of color are not necessarily their main leads, right? Now you have people mm. of color behind yeah. the scenes in their writing, but you look at uh, yeah. look at Apple Black and the main character is white. A lot of the starting characters are white, and that was just probably where Odunze was at the time, right? Um, mm-hmm. You look at uh, Saigami, you look at um, some of their other projects, and uh, there's a project, uh, Bully, I think it is. And so, you know, yeah. a lot of their main project leads are not necessarily white, even though they have, or not necessarily black, even though they have uh, black creators or, or people of color creating behind them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that audience that they're reaching is definitely different than the audience that Black Sands is reaching. But I guarantee you that these people, the yes. cross-sectionality is anime, is manga. So those people who like that stuff would definitely love what, what um, Black Sands and Noir Caesar is doing. And Noir Caesar's yeah. audience I is, do. in my opinion, slightly more specific, slightly more sophisticated than the other two. And that's not as a slight. It's just that the audience of yeah. people that I see integrating into Noir Caesar have a different level of taste for anime and manga right uh and and that goes by the titles that they ultimately have um and and then and likewise for black sands they have a very specific audience too uh and i feel like one of their main audiences which are partially mine too is parents they get a lot of parents that um are trying to find something that looks like their kids and they kind of tap into that audience hard body and my dad sent me some stuff like, yo, you should talk to these guys. I'm like, I already am. I'm friends with these dudes. I'm friends with the creator and Dwight um, <laughs> that do it. And, uh, and, you know, my dad, my dad loves comics. He, he was the one who got us into comics and stuff like that and stuff. So, but uh, for him, he was geeked and he kind of awesome. wished he had that, that they were around when we were growing up because he would have shown us more of that. So I just, I really wish that there was a deeper level of collaboration between those companies and hopefully in the future there will be. Well, hopefully, I, I feel like they, they should. They, they, they really should. I talked about that in the last podcast episode, that they all should work together. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like they all might bump heads on different situations. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do agree with you that they should work off. If they hired me, together. I'd be the liaison between the three. Because I, I totally understand that as someone who was a oh. business owner and who, as someone who has practiced yeah. this model before, you definitely have to, uh-huh. you definitely have to um, navigate that situation uh, very lightly because there's a lot of egos, you know, that happens um, and not that not like egos in a bad way, but mm-hmm. ego as in like this company is their baby. This company is themselves for a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? And there's also yeah. a lot of pride in whatever it is that yeah. you do. So even with us working with four other major brands and then smaller subsidi- sub, uh, smaller um, kind of, uh, um, let's say lateral brands or whatever, or, or verticals, excuse me. And, um, you know, like they, yeah. 
we're, it, they own their own company. Anybody who owns their own thing, you should be careful of, you know, how they perceive it or their own ego about it. So I totally can understand that. But if they sat down and 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 on some like real Don, like uh, mafia coordinated yeah. shit, it would be dope, and they would be <laughs> able to figure something out. You know what I mean? It Honestly, wouldn't have yeah. to be like merging the company or anything like that. But it's yeah. like it's kind of how like the five families work together as far as like. You know, understanding their territory, understanding audiences, understanding how one business can feed the other. It could be the difference of them all three coming together and hosting a con, right? Like hosting a big event that everybody can be a part of and really cross pollinating their audiences and really making a big, um, a big impact. You know what I'm saying? Into their businesses. There's a lot of ways for them to work together and still operate separately. And there are companies that do that now, you know, in in their particular fields and genres. And, you know, it would I, I just have a feeling the, the impact would be insane because it would shake the industry because then you would start to get the yeah. the the black forms of nepotism you haven't gotten since like Tulsa and Black Wall Street stuff. You know what I'm saying? Where we are. Yeah. um patronizing our own businesses and celebrating our own businesses and creating smaller communities where the wealth kind of circulates and things can grow to even larger audiences i i, I feel like there's you know so exactly. much promise that's there i do i do agree with that hopefully in the near future all three of them can like sit down like you said on around the table like uh <laughs> three three dons and just like um, break bread and go after the the industry that um, we we love and support. So yeah, do you like? Let, let me let me ask you this question. Um, which company do you think will have a anime first? Um... I know, I know, I know. North is gonna have it, like, like, like on a professional platform, like on Netflix. Which platform do you think will have an anime first? I mean, I know, uh, it, it depends on how they end up spending it and, and, and handling it. So, I'll say, mm-hmm. I'll put it like this: I don't know who will have it first, right? But I'll, 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 I'll talk about the avenue for each yeah. of them, and I'll try to make it quick right um so for black sands i think it would be easy for them because they have so much of their story is already established right they have earned millions of dollars just putting that in front of any studio being like our studio earned three or four million dollars off the rip uh and and i think each anime episode costs roughly three hundred thousand dollars a good anime episode three hundred thousand dollars right um and you know they could they could easily start going into be like look we could produce a proof of concept for you we can get something really dope but we already know what we have makes money we already know that what we have may potentially right on these streaming platforms what they care about is they care about uh subscriptions we know that we can get people subscribed to you because we already raised millions on our own right um so give us our shot yeah any smart studio would jump at that because half their work is already done they don't have to market for you 
they don't have to do any of that stuff mm. for you that's why that's why a lot of these studios are taking already made content and repurposing it because there's an audience that's already there for it right and the work half of the work yeah. has been done for them so what they do is they take what's already been created they put it on a pedestal and they allow for the, the voice to project even further right um so if black sands did something like mm. that they would easily they could easily go to hulu or any of these places and cut a deal now the deal would probably be a negative deal uh which ultimately means they would get some money up front but they would have to stick around to produce it and do a lot of stuff for it but their first deal I Wait, wait, hold on, sorry. I don't think he'll do that, do that deal with Hulu. I think it's called um, the the terminology for a negative deal is ultimately like you sold your property, uh, they've paid you for it, but then they also paid you to produce it. Yeah. So you know maybe Black Black Sands wouldn't like let's say sell mm. their mainline property. They may sell another property that they have right where Netflix themselves would own it. Oh, right okay. and then they would say they would own it then they then black yeah. sands would produce it but what would end up happening is that they would get the netflix clout right that they have a owned and produced project if the project is mildly good and it brings in a uh -huh. lot of subscriptions then their next deal that they would do would be one that would have to get get respect because they brought money in right that's like your rookie contract you're not gonna it's not it's, mm -hmm. unless you're really shitting on them and like your top round draft pick and you basically could have been drafted out of high school um you know you get that rookie contract you try to make it so that it's good that you can survive it and then when you get out you go yo look at how i balled the last two years three years um you got to cut the check now and so <laughs> you know that could be a position um in a way that they can go that's one right um for noir caesar yeah. right i don't know their the type of money that they've raised for their company right because they're not necessarily public in that capacity when it comes to the amount of work that is created by their creators and the lore the genres how much it taps into the sophisticated creator and the fact that they do have that little bit of that proof yeah. of concept that went viral almost two years ago for primus seven um they could show primus, primus yeah. seven they could show all of the history and the writing and stuff that they have there and there's a good chance that they could also get a deal um now best case scenario in yeah. their situation you know like could they take a negative deal yes um i think that they would be given up a lot only because they would really have to sell one of their big properties potentially you know but because uh -huh. i know johnny uh and a couple of the guys yeah. there they and they've been i think they've been pretty open about this but they have walked into a lot of these studios anime studios and have had conversations with them and you know the deals haven't necessarily panned out that way and i think part of it was because we weren't at this space and time right where black content and black content creators are being super sought after yeah um but i think now if they walk into like i don't know a viz media or a crunchy role um someone will take them seriously but i think the first contract would be mm -hmm. kind of would be kind of shitty um but I know for a fact whatever they produce would do so well that the next contract that they would do, they would end up um they would end they'd have to cut the check again. You know what I mean? Like it's like coming back to Black Panther. It's like, you know, you know that all of their agents are like, yo, people love the Dora Milaje. You know, we can't we can't take that first check you gave <laughs> us. 
add 40% on that, add 50% on that. Cause you know, everybody wants to see the same faces come back. They want, you know what I'm saying? They want to be connected to that. You got a check, we made 1 billion. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we still making billions. So yeah, I think yeah. that they would definitely be able to do that. Um, and then for yeah. um, Saturday AM, for Saturday AM, I don't think their focus. I don't think their focus is anime right now. It that, is. That's how I feel. But they have stories that can be turned into anime. It's not their focus, but and I yeah. think that they. You know, I also don't know their numbers. I also don't, you know, I'm not fully subscribed uh, to them and all their different projects. So I don't, I don't know the full volume or impact that they've had. Um, they're, they're I, well, I can defend them a little bit. Um, their app, their app is pretty popular. I would say they have an app on uh, iTunes, yeah. iTunes, app, the Apple store and um, on Google. Uh, I know that Google shows like a lot of the numbers, so they're they're at like five k downloads okay. altogether. Um, so I'm not well money wise. I'm not sure, but I know like their support. Okay, so I mean, I, in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Like, I know that a lot, well, a lot at least for me, um, um, my consumption of their stuff is via browser. Uh, Cause that's basically how I consume a lot of my anime stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, um, as far as that goes, I don't necessarily fully know the impact. I don't know for, for whatever, but some of their projects already have such a strong start that their first couple of volumes could easily be turned into uh, animes. Uh, if they went out and they were willing to compromise and be like, boom, I want to do this. Like the story engine that is Apple Black, let's say, because that's one of the most, I feel like one of the most prominent titles, the story engine that is Apple Black. And even, um, yeah. even uh, the, what was it called? Clock, jeez, uh, I'm not hundred percent right now. Clock Striker. Um, the story engines that they have there are perfect for animation. They're perfect for it because you can tell week to week stories there's so much of the world and lore that you can explore for them the abilities the power sets like all of those things have great explorability and they can be expanded on new things can be added to it without really kind of breaking the system and um you know if they had the right person going in and talking about their their ips and trying to push them i think that they can do it um you know if b if bsp black sands if they uh, um if they wave their if they wave their project around and the money that they've made a company will hop at them probably first the fastest but i think all three of them have an opportunity to yeah. get a project made easily especially now um mm -hmm. yeah i do agree I agree 100% agree with that. So I just like to give a shout out to all three of them Saturday AM, North Caesar, and Black Sands. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and um, for the fans, keep supporting them because they're doing an awesome job in the, the diverse anime space. And um, yeah, that's all I have to say for that. 
Um, so let's move on from those three companies to you right now. So, Black Anime Lost Children. Tell me um, more about that. I mean, as I as I said a little bit earlier in the conversation, it's it's ultimately an art book. It's ultimately an anthology. Yeah. That uh, talks about the characters that yeah, I yeah. created from 2016 to about 2018, and. Um, it also has a couple sections that goes a little bit more in depth in some of the worlds and stories that I've built that I plan on telling. Um, so uh, um, the uh, Iku the Keeper, um, Laster was one of them. I had a couple fanfic mm-hmm. stuff that I wanted to kind of develop and play around with, but I elaborate on those um, inside the art book. And I give a little bit more context to some of um, my followers' favorite characters and stuff. And then lastly, there's a section that is basically a keep growing section. And it ultimately shows my growth from, you know, year after year, you know what I'm saying? Or month after month or week after week. And uh-huh. um, yeah. So, so tell me, who's your like favorite character to like, to, like you know, to draw? Like, um, you know, I love drawing. I love drawing the Iku character because I love this, like, you know, um, he's kind of like this young punk kid. I liken him a lot to Yusuke Urameshi uh, mm-hmm. in that way. And it's like this cool, it's always cool to draw the juxtaposition of him, like going from a street kid to being like this African kind of young mobster. You know what I'm saying? The same way you would have like a young, um, <laughs> Similar the way you have like young kings sometimes, right? You have a boy king, right? Or a young king. He's kind of like that. Like in the story of Iku the Keeper, there are five city states, and each city state has an omen hene, which ultimately is like a king or chief of that particular um like group, right? Or that particular area. And it's all run by like underground kind of like mafia stuff. So, you know, like um each of the zones has their own specialties that's run by like an underground organization that underground organization has an omen hene except for where iku's from he lives in the lawless zone so there hasn't been a gang big enough to develop there to yeah. bring order and it's just an area where you survive so you kind of follow his ascension um and what you know in, in him potentially becoming an omen hene and how those things kind of you know develop and i love kind of I love flipping back and forth, you know, between his character. Um, but I also really love the Lassiter character, too, which takes place in kind of like an alternate um, Benin kingdom where there's an outer city and an inner city. And you follow this kid who grew up in the slums and he's just very selfish because he's just trying to survive. And he uh, he breaks into the inner city, which is rich and posh and everything else like that. Futuristic tech. And he steals this gem that he believes that he can kind of pawn off. And the gym gives him powers. And uh, the unfortunate part is the ability from what he knows it right now only allows him to heal people. So what the hell does this selfish person kind of do with an ability that forces him to help? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's more about his growth and development about, um, you know, that. And then he meets... Uh, he meets a person in the inner city who's disgusted with people in the outer city um, and it's kind of has a brainwash mentality about what to think about the people who live in outer Benin or um, 
and uh, and then he also has a rival that's in the slums with him um, that ends up being his homie um, who is a lot more of a wildcat and kind of is just you can't put a pin on it he's like he's like if Joker kind of was a good guy you know what I'm saying if Joker was like really chaotic neutral um, interesting and, you know I love I love drawing those three um, so it's always kind of a fun experience wow thank you wow that's amazing okay so we have our final question serious question um what's the future for you uh mike future for me what's the Um, future for you i'm gonna go short term and i'm gonna make it quick first things first is i'll be contacting the three artists that i want to work with on book two and i want to get a lot of the information and the uh, uh the logistics down for book two um you know, I'm a firm proponent of working together. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so, you know, that's the impact that I want to create for the community and uh, getting our names out there and work. So that's one thing. Secondly, mm-hmm. I want to start um, the first two chapters of Black Flower Blossom, which is one of my new f- kind of obsessions um out of my stories it's a new story of mine but like the more i think about it the more i constantly fall in love with the aspect of it but it's a very big undertaking um Mm -hmm. and if equal the keeper is kind of like my number one to some degree black flower blossom is a close second but i don't i don't want to start with equal the keeper Mm. um and and so you know we'll see but i want to have at least two chapters of any story that i'm working on and then uh, lastly, I wanna I wanna be doing freelance work in in the realm of animation. I've been taking storyboarding classes. I've been storyboarding, and I'm hoping to get my shot at storyboarding. I really am. Nice. And um, if I can start doing that, you know, I would like that to lead me down the road of directing, and you know, get a directing role in storyboarding, <laughs> which would be really dope, and then potentially turning that into an actual show or or, or potential project. That's a uh, short term to long. Nice, nice, man. That's cool. All right, all right, cool, cool. Sounds dope. All right, so I have three other questions. They're not serious questions. One word that best, word describes, that best describes you. Um, hardworking. That's it. Yeah. Is hardworking one word? One word. Hardworking. Okay. Not talented. Okay. Not particularly skilled, but I'll work at. I'll work at what <laughs> I'm doing. Okay, cool, cool. Any advice you want to give any upcoming yeah, you know, um, artists? For both, whatever right. it is that you want to do, just do it. Um, and don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about it being really good. Um, do it and fail. Uh, I had a comic book project out first and I thought it was pretty successful. A lot of people are still kind of subscribing to it on the low. I don't know why I haven't updated it in like two years, but um, just do it, do it and and try and fail failing is a fucking good thing failing means you tried something different i don't know anybody who started something new and was immediately good at it and don't worry about your comfort zone doing new things tends to feel uncomfortable fail Uh do it fail learn from it don't give up and keep going i promise that it will it will happen it will 100 happen Mm -hmm. all right 
anybody you uh, want. Well, right now I'm on Twitch. Shout out. Go so ahead. I want to give a big shout out to um, all these people who were following and listening to this interview on Twitch. Um, you know, I really appreciate you guys. And some of them are from my IG. Uh, some of them are from my boys Twitch uh, who kind of came on. And, um, you know, all the creators that are out there that are really going hard. I appreciate you guys. Um, some of my favorite creators out there, uh, Cameron Knight, C Knight Comics, um, Mikhail Dingo, AK Metallica, uh, Lux Nova, Ant Piper. Um, damn, there's so many I can't necessarily think of, but you know, all these creators that I kind of, you know, I work <laughs> with uh, fresh ones um, that I chat with and stuff like that on a regular um, uh, RCQ. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, I really want to see my people succeed, right? I really want to see like my artist friends and my homies, like people in my circle. Uh, I want to see them succeed and do well. And so, uh, you know, shout out to all of them. All right. Yeah. Go so ahead and I'm, share your I'm social on, media uh, links. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, now Twitch. I do have a Facebook, but I don't, I'm not necessarily on there frequently. Uh, everything for all my handles is Mike Tony Design. That's M I K E T O N E Y. Um, uh, D E S I G N. So, um, uh, uh, sorry, Mike Tony Design, D E S I G N. Uh, and that's on all of my uh, accounts. Again, uh, Mike Tony Design, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Twitch. And, um, you know, I'm, I try to be a pretty personable person. So, if you want to holler at me and send me a dm or or um comment on my post you know i tend to try to get back to people all right there you have it people support him as much as possible so thank you mike tony it's been a pleasure having you on this episode um i hope everything comes and um great i hope great things for you in the near future and um yeah. Thanks, homie. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you and again for having as well. me on your, uh, <laughs> on your podcast, man. I do appreciate it. No problem. No problem. No problem, man. No problem. So this ends the Cool Concept Podcast episode. I am Mikhail Miles, a.k.a. Like Dope Manga, and this is... Hey. Peace. And we... And we...